Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Funbox Monster Podcast. My name is Tristan. And I am Matt Awkward. Hello, Matt. Today <laughs> is a new uh, a new concept in the Funbox Monster Podcast. Well, I think we've done it once before with TerrorVision. Okay, I, I think TerrorVision fits into our purview a little better than this, but... <laughs> We're yeah. doing we're doing an obvious classic horror movie, Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one that we love. That is a movie that, uh, like, legitimately is probably. I can't think of another movie that was more important in forming me as who I am today. Agreed. Um, I think I think Nightmare on Elm Street may be the most important film I've ever seen. Wow. Like really, I, I mean, that's just, a bold statement. I don't know if I can make that, but I mean, I, I this, okay, this was a huge okay. part of my childhood. Uh, maybe, maybe the search for Animal Chin, the skate video. <laughs> Possibly that was a little more important, but those two are tied for first place, and you can of course see where Rad Wraith came from because yep. it's basically you take those two things and you smash them together. <laughs> I loved, I loved Monster Squad was my jam as a little wow. kid. Yeah, and and that being PG thirteen, I could rent that. Like I couldn't rent Nightmare on Elm Street. It wasn't. It wasn't until my parents' divorce that my dad would pick me up and let me rent anything that I got my Freddy fix. But I remember everybody, you know what I mean? You couldn't escape Freddy oh, yeah, in the yeah. 80s. And I just remember like seeing the TV previews, wanting to see that. My mom's like, you are not seeing that trash. And I was just like, this looks so awesome. Yeah, yeah. I was the latchkeyist of latchkey kids. Mm. So my, my viewing was so unlimited. You know, you were limited only by... Uh, any of these local like probably fronts for drug dealers stores oh, yep. like and what they would stop you from renting which was nothing, nothing. Yeah. absolutely nothing they did not give a fuck what we rented <laughs> and so i was very like i i was obsessed with nightmare on elm street uh i was obsessed with nightmare 2 when it came out i fucking loved that movie and i remember the summer that uh dream warriors was coming out since I couldn't get to see it in the theater because it literally wasn't playing up there or anything, mm -hmm. I remember I bought the novelization of 1, 2, and 3 in a single volume, and I read it over <laughs> and over and over again until it came out on video. I was so fucking obsessed. I just remember everybody you know, talking about Freddy and not being able to see the movie, but like people telling me everything that happens in it, seeing the the previews and uh i had a friend that had the plastic freddy glove which was like a dream toy of mine when i was yeah, a kid totally. i never got to have that plastic no. freddy glove but i always wanted one so bad and uh yeah then when i finally first got to see it uh it was probably when i was like 11 or so which you know i want to say i want to say at least the first four were out by the first time i got to see this so yeah. every week i would go my dad would pick me up and i'd get to watch another installment of freddy it was just like my favorite <laughs> thing in the world because um, you know, he would let me rent all the horror movies, and I loved the, sl the slashers and the and. But at the time, I was just like, Michael Myers doesn't talk. Jason right. doesn't talk. Yeah. This guy cracks jokes. Like this is my man. Because I mean, I I'm obviously it's so true. Anybody knows me knows I'm I'm so into goofy stuff. Right. So like this just like hit it just yeah. right for me. Absolutely. Sa I mean, absolute same same deal here. It was like there was not even like. Friday the 13th wasn't even in second place like mm -hmm. it was like it was so far down the line it was miles away from Nightmare yep. for me like Nightmare on Elm Street was just like I don't know it was something special and magical and weird and I do not know why like it's very strange to think that about a movie that is as brutal as especially the first Nightmare mm -hmm. and I mean even the second Nightmare has moments that are just so oh, yeah. 
so horrifying. Um, I mean, in with their goofiness. Like, and that's that's the weirdest part of this movie. In watching it, I was telling you before we were starting, um, like my memory of this movie, because I do I watch it at least a couple times a year, mm-hmm. probably, because I just obsessed. But in my mind, not watching it for this, when I think back to it, I think of it as the exorcist. I think of it as something that is like a bulletproof piece of art with the exception of that dumb thing at the end that was put on there by the producers <laughs> where I'm like, fuck that thing and everything else is pristine. And then I watch it and I'm like, this is not, it has, it's, it has goofy moments. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, the budget showing in places that yep. I don't remember it where, you know, like a movie like the exorcist, whatever you may think of it, it is a perfect movie. Yeah. I can't, you can't, no, agreed. you can't yep. take that away from it. Um, and it's, it's just crazy how, like, you know, the big rubber flaming Freddy, the, like, weird mask Freddy in the window, weird rubber mom, you know. The, like, <laughs> there, there's just so many fucking weird moments in it. And, like, weird music choices. Like, the music is... I love the music in but, this. Uh, oh, so here's the thing. But I think it really fits with the rest of the movie where it is... I think of this as the most perfect flawed movie ever made. And I think that the music itself is is a perfect example of that because you'll be like this unbelievably atmospheric, like crazy, creepy, off key. Like it's just not it's not going back to the fucking route. It's like killing you that it's not managing Mm -hmm. to go back. Bing, bing, bing. You're like, come on, get where's the where's the root note? We're yep. freaking out here. It's so tense and so wonderful. And then it's like, it's like what? Somebody just hit the fucking clavichord and started the bossa nova setting in the in one of the most tense moments in the movie. It's on the same swappy sound effect tape that uh, Glenn brought over. It's so crazy, yeah. but exactly, it might as well be that. And that moment too. It's like right out of an 80s sex comedy or like Mm -hmm. that could have been the Goonies. Yeah. And it wouldn't have been out of place. It's just, it's a fascinating melange of stuff and it is perfectly 80s in that where it's like, look at all this like beautifully well-made, incredibly creative, really weird shit and then this cheesy, bizarre choices. (laughs) Oh, fuck, man. I could not love this movie anymore. It's like, if it had been a perfect movie like The Exorcist, it never would have hit me. The way that it did. Like, it's it's all the crazy shit. And that fucking ending, I stand by it because it's part of what made it magical to me, is all the goof. Same. I, I love the ending. I know it's not what they wanted. Yeah. I know it looks like a rubber doll being pulled through the window. I still think it's a cool visual and a cool idea. Yeah. And I like seeing it. I and think- more than that, is it goofier than, you have no power over me. Oh, and yeah. then he disappears into fucking moon dust. It's like, really? No other kid thought to do that? <laughs> you literally did it before this. Yeah. Like, she did it, like, an hour ago in the movie where she was like, it's just a dream. This isesn't real. Yep. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, oh, it, oh, it only works when you literally turn your back. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Yeah. But <laughs> Definitely. Definitely odd. Uh, yeah, there's definitely some flaws. Um, of course. But again, again it's I don't the care. flaw. But... <laughs> But that's the, it's fucking, it's like classical music. It's like all of those things. It's, it's the mistakes that make it perfect. Mm-hmm. It's like, sure, you know, you may love prog rock or whatever else, but it's like, it's the guys that play like 
you know, they're being chased by a fucking car that I want to listen to, you know, <laughs> like, and it's, oh my God, I got to get this out of here before, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. And I just feel it has such staying power. Like, it does. Like, I mean, hell, I've been oh. watching, I've been watching the Freddies for the past 30 years. And it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like what, how many things do you watch? Like, yeah. When, when you're that young and love it so much. And then you, when you're old, you're like, oh, I love this just as much, if not more for yeah. other things that I did not realize when I was 10. Like, yeah. this is just amazing. It, it truly is. I mean, and, and it's I, just always been, it's just always been there. Like you said, like important. It forms who you are. Like, yeah, we become horror nuts. And exactly. I think I think definitely Freddie is responsible for my absolute abject love of horror for mm-hmm. my and especially my love of cheesy horror where it, it's like a combination of that was really scary and this is really goofy and it's like fun and you can you can play along with the joke and it's. You know, it's not necessarily mean spirited, even though obviously Tina's kill is one of the most mean spirited kills in the history of cinema. It is legitimately one of the most disturbing scenes in movies ever, period. And for me, just being as a kid watching MTV with my mom, that was was my first exposure to Freddy. That's I distinctly remember (laughs) watching the movie trailers on TV and being like. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> and it was just that forbidden fruit that I always You'll wanted. You'll have to... to wait until Freddy's Nightmares yeah. comes out in prime time. Yeah. <laughs> Used to watch that too, man. Wow. Uh, I never Not in prime time, but like I remember they they did reruns on like... No, I think they did it at like ten o'clock. I think it was never prime time. Oh, okay. Uh, but... I remember some station used to do that and the War of the World series oh, wow. and the Friday the thirteenth series. They used to do like a block of those. Friday the 13th, I think, came from Canada, so I think that's why I got to see it, because it was on the Canadian station. Uh, But I never saw Freddy's Nightmares, and I always was, like, dying (laughs) to see Freddy's Nightmares. I caught it a couple times. Oh, my God, it's so... This is going to be so good. And then... Honestly, from what I've heard, it's so bad. I've never seen a single episode. Oh, there's some some goodies, for sure. Damn, maybe I've got I've got a Blu-ray set, if you want to... What's the name of that other Robert Englund uh, TV show... Oh, Nightmare Cafe. Nightmare Cafe. Yes, There's that's also a cool that. show. There's only six episodes. Yes, yeah, that six was a cool, surreal, fun show. Very yeah. weird. Yes. Yeah, good yeah. stuff. <laughs> it's good, and it's just Robert England being Robert England, so yep. it's real weird. Uh, so I like that. Yep. Yeah, let's do this. Let's let's talk about it. I've Okey got dokies. so many notes on this, which is weird, but like I said, I've been crazy busy, so I've had to do this at work, yep. and I just did it in like five minute segments. <laughs> All I want to do is talk about Nightmare on Elm Street. So, I, so you know, stop me if I start droning on too nope, much nope. about stuff. But, okay. I'll just go look at some cool things around <laughs> the shop. <laughs> Please, stop me. I, I, know, I know I steamroll. I apologize. Uh, okay, so um, this, this intro, as we said, amazing. But uh, to me, what I think is fascinating about this is, is how it looks in retrospect. Like, there's a bunch of scenes in this movie that I don't even understand how, if in 1984, you're making Nightmare on Elm Street, you would choose to put this in. I get that basically this scene is to establish what the thing is that he's killing people with so yep. that we know. But the way that it's done and the the fetishism of the scenes and all of that, it's as if... Freddy Krueger was in the zeitgeist for 20 years and you're like oh my god look at this this feels like a prequel moment where it's like holy shit look at this oh that's where that that's came where from. that yep. came from and the same thing with when he runs uh when Nancy runs into the hall monitor mm-hmm. and she's got his sweater on it's like 
dude, you've been shooting him entirely in darkness. Like, nobody knows what color his fucking sweater is. Mm -hmm. It's amazing that you know how iconic this is going to be. It feels like you're psychic. <laughs> it feels like you can understand that you're going to be in the zeitgeist so much, you can get away with this shit. Yeah. It's amazing. And I I just love the, um, you know what? I don't know where the where the choice came from. Just to do the small square, not the full screen. You know what I mean? Like is that media it? res. Is I that don't know. I don't that? know what they call, it, but I just think it it gives it a really cool feeling. Yeah. Like, oh, just absolutely. Watching that in that small square, like. Yeah, it's it's great. The whole thing just fucking great. Uh, but so we get all of that stuff, and then it ends with Freddy basically after sharpening on his on his grinding wheel and all this stuff. He slices through a big piece of canvas to show us just how badass this thing is mm -hmm. and how razor sharp the glove is. Uh, we get that shot a couple times here <laughs> because it's fucking cool. He likes cutting things. He does. I mean, it's in his way, <laughs> and he's like, get the fuck <laughs> out of here. <laughs> I wonder I, if this thing makes sparks. <laughs> <laughs> like, he puts he puts up a new sheet every <laughs> every time. He's it's just my, like, it's, oh, it's his cool. exercises. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, T it's all we, in the wrist. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to assume that everybody knows everything about this movie, but you know, I'm going to go through it anyway, like a normal movie, uh, <laughs> like we would normally cover something, but okay. So we've got Tina, she's running down a wet LA sewer looking like one of those like drain ways in that iconic and LA got area. Goats. Lambs. Lambs. To the slaughter. Ah. Also counting sheep and you know, yep. it's like all that kind of stuff. It's bleeding sheep. It's weird. She's like, so she's like pursued by a sheep down the hallway. It's almost like if you didn't know any better, you'd think she was being chased by this thing. Hmm. Um, we get a touch of the the soon to be iconic Freddy theme. Uh, and then every time I watch this movie, this font shows up and I'm like, this isn't this wasn't always the font, right? That's Happy Days font. <laughs> Why is this Happy Days font? I didn't notice, and it doesn't bother me. It's so weird. <laughs> it always shocks me. I'm like, no, no, no. They must have changed it. Nope. No, but it's yeah. always been Happy Days font. Yeah. Very weird. It's like bubbly and like. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, can you imagine like The Exorcist with like the <laughs> Comic Sans? <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't work. Uh, but okay, so uh, puts up the title of The Exorcist and plays the <laughs> Halloween Five cop music. <laughs> It's in bubble bobble yeah. font. Uh, okay, so uh, Tina runs around into the now very wet boiler room, and Freddy finds some more canvas to slice up. Uh, and after spending all that time sharpening his blades, drags him across that pipe and just oh, dulls him. Fred. Freddy, respect you don't have a care your in the tools. World. Come on, it is a <laughs> uh, <You> scamp. <laughs> so true. So, uh, so there's a big, there's a big scare. He grabs her and she wakes up and, uh, we find her in her bedroom. Her mom comes to the door and is like, oh my God, she's so concerned. And we get some of this wonderful dialogue that is like this surreal adult douchebag dialogue that is all through this. Some of it is so insightful. And some of it, like this line is like that, that. That's a weird. That's a weird thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> what was the line? I wrote it down here too. I didn't. So tell me. Uh, it is uh, either you cut your fingernails or stop that kind of dreaming. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I've always loved that line, and it's like I love my nails. I'm never. I guess I'll stop this type of dreaming. I guess I've got to stop this type of dreaming. And this is our first introduction because her mom comes in, and then her greaseball boyfriend shows up beside her, who is like a foot, a whole head shorter than her. <laughs> he's wearing the wife beater, and he's got the greasy like comb over, and he's just like a disgusting person. She's clearly an alcoholic, just like every adult in this. Pretty much. And like, it it establishes this feeling that you can't trust a single adult, yep. and that they're all stupid, they don't know what they're doing, they're all pretending their way through life, and basically you can track the death of every single one of these kids, not just to the fact that their parents killed Freddie, but to the fact that they did something fucking stupid and didn't listen to the kids, and that put them in danger because yep. they thought they knew better and refused to listen to them just because they were kids. Yep. And that's that's the one of the biggest themes that goes through this whole thing. And we also get another taste of the rules here where we see that Tina's yeah. got her uh, nightgown ripped, cut. Yes. So so instantly this movie is just like, you know what I mean? Say, say you've never seen this, which yep. is preposterous to think about, but it's just like <laughs> we just watch this person pull a glove and then we watch somebody get cut by said glove but like you know yeah we find out that was a dream but in the real and you're just like what's going on <laughs> yeah and that is that's where you're it like builds a nice mystery where it's just like what is this like, yeah and and it's essentially i mean at its core this is the this is like a, a big a blown out version of the old uh if you die in your dream you die in real life yep. adage uh and that's that's crazy it's yeah you know he based it on some story about that actually happened actually to happening somebody. somebody yeah everyone knows that story too yep. so i won't waste yep. time with that either but um okay so uh do 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 we got uh tina grabbing her cross off the wall and she hears the iconic jump rope rhyme uh the one two freddy's coming for you etc etc um and we get slow ch- children in slow motion they're doing the jump rope rhyme and slowly doing stuff it pans across the hazy fog of the dream and this shot is literally I don't know how they did it honestly because it's in slow motion and it's fogged over and then it clears and it edits into the daytime where they are in modern regular life I've always wondered so good I've always wondered about the Freddy chant like because that that says to me that 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 this has been like a known case that like usually you know jump rope chants are like yeah. about like a historical story or something like that. But like, did they just stop singing that over the years? Because nobody knows who Fred Krueger is. Like, but you'd think that ever since this incident happened, the kids would be singing that song about Freddy based on that killer right. in the town. But like, nobody seems to know that chant. Or, um, I've always thought that's kind of because like it feels to me that it establishes like that this guy is a presence that's been here. You know what I mean to the to the point where we've got a childhood scare jingle about it, or not scare jingle, but just like a reference thing. But nobody's ever heard of Fred Krueger. Like, yeah, it's very strange because she, uh, every time that that thing is is sung, it's being sung in a dream. It's being sung in the other realm. So was it never ever sung in the real real realm? Later on, Nancy's singing it in the bathtub where she's saying mm-hmm. it to herself because she heard them saying it uh, in that okay. in that world, but. All I can imagine is that Freddie fucking composed that thing, that little ditty himself. (laughs) 
but they really? do say they do say blah blah blah. It's like that jump rope rhyme. So there is yeah. there is a mention of the jump rope rhyme. As Maybe he did it's... write it. He's he's had a long time to to do it since he got <laughs> killed. He waited what a good fifteen years or so. It is it is <laughs> odd because I mean he was alive. So the time that they would have written this about would have been the living Freddy Krueger. Yes. So, so about like fifteen years ago, I would imagine. Right. And but then the never sleep again would I guess refer to being dead. Oh uh, yeah. So as opposed make, to it being. That doesn't make any a, sense to be written in the real world. Then. Yeah. Well, yeah. Unless unless you just mean you can never sleep when you're dead or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Hey man, it's for jumping rope. It's not <laughs> gonna make. <laughs> It doesn't have to be a perfectly told story. It's a jump rope rhyme, man. Uh, so, okay. This is... So, again, when you're talking about Wes Craven, you're talking about somebody who is a... You know, he was a, uh, a psychology teacher. You know, he's he's got a lot of this in his background. So, a lot of this stuff is based on... He really chalked as much metaphor into these things. And there's... Like, everything is, like, just heaped on significance of certain things. And one of the things that I find interesting that I've never really been able to figure out was the religious significance of this thing. So there's there's this moment where Tina grabs her crucifix. Yep. As, as in the jump rope rhyme. And also he and knocks uh, uh, Nancy's off the wall, too. Well, it's it's Tina's again. It's still oh. her because T- she's in Tina's room when that happens. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. But um, but when she has the crucifix, he doesn't attack her mm-hmm. either. Neither of them, when they're holding the crucifix, get attacked. Tina's in the other room without her crucifix and gets killed. Ah, so she does not have this. And they I don't, don't really make a religious connection till part three. And I don't think that there is a religious connection. I think it's a faith connection because I think he's saying that, like, with all of this stuff, uh, essentially the idea is that that nightmares are all of the terrible things in your life that you've allowed to to you know rot mm-hmm. in your psyche. And Freddy Krueger has been made out of these rotten things in your psyche. Like your alcoholic mother, your you know all of these things that you're like, oh my god, you know I'm just gonna bury it, just gonna bury it. It's gonna come out in a nightmare, and it becomes so powerful that it kills you. Um, and in this instance, you literally have them saying, oh, th- I have faith in this thing. And so what she did, what she does at the end is she says, I'm taking all of that energy back. So all of the negativity, all the shit that I yep. made this festering cancer out of, out of all of the sad things in my life. I'm forgiving my mother because she literally goes in, purifies herself essentially by saying, mom, I forgive you. You know what? Nobody's perfect. I love you. And then goes to face off with Freddie. Yep. So it's really like, I mean, I love it. This movie is fucking amazing, but uh, I really think there's a lot of significance boiled into certain things. And I'm curious what he thinks about it. Like what he had thought when doing these things. Because I, you know, he I've thought never, about I've it. never thought much about the cross stuff at all. Like it's, it's so funny because it feels. I mean, I've never, so like, important. I've never honestly thought about it. But I also thought it could just be like a, a nothing burger. Absolutely, too. could be. Yeah, because it is also just a. Uh, it could also just be meant to be something that fell down, so that she knows that it's Tina's. So that later on, when it's like, oh, he's collecting trophies from everyone he's killed. Mm-hmm. I've, she finds the she later on finds the crucifix. The she finds the headphones. Yep. Uh, so who knows? Yep. Uh, there's so many possibilities. But OK, so um, 
Let's see. Uh, All right. Uh, once once the car pulls up, we get the first, like, everybody's having dreams. The boys don't want to talk about them <laughs> because they're boys and they're too tough. Even Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, man, way fucking punching out of his fucking league in this movie. <laughs> He's, like, constantly being like, all right, I'll protect you girls. Yeah. Hey, 75-pound weakling. <laughs> Let the girls protect you, buddy. Yeah. You are... <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get blown over by the wind, dude. Uh, but so, okay, we we cut to the teen sex party after all of the playful dick joke banter and all this. <laughs> There's not room on your joint for four Classy. I, I woke up with the heart on. <laughs> no <laughs> name on it. <laughs> I Charming. Love, it's, it's so funny. And again, again, with the imperfections of the movie making it perfect. Uh, his ridiculous overplaying of being like a street thug. Yeah. He's one of the fucking sharks from West Side yep. Story. He's not a he human being. He carries a switchblade. He's not a human being <laughs> that existed in 1984. No. Period. He's <laughs> like, oh, let me comb my hair. Up your nose of the spinning lawnmower. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You are John Travolta. Yeah. You are Fonzie. <laughs> you are not from the 80s. The Happy what? Days font. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it all makes sense now. It all makes sense. <laughs> Everything they, makes sense. It was because they thought they had really scored Fonzie, not the actor. <laughs> they didn't score Henry Winkler, no. the character yeah. of Fonzie for this. Uh, okay, so at the teenage sex party, uh, Tina's too scared to sleep alone, so she ropes these two in, and we get that really weird FX tape gag that, like I said, like it could have been Revenge of the Nerds, it could have been anything. What gag? The uh, the effects tape. Oh yes, 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 like, yep. Uh, Johnny Depp is trying to uh, Call, uh, convince his mom that he's <laughs> sleeping at a friend's house by the airport or something. Yes, yeah, so he puts on effects of the, the. I mean, I mean, we're at the drag strip. My friend's uh, house by the drag racing. Oh strip. no! Uh, Someone had an accident. Yeah, <laughs> all of that, all of that nonsense, which is really fun. Uh, and yeah. it's and it's again, it's something that could only work in an '80s movie if you put that into a movie set in even the '90s. It would ruin it. Just You'd just be like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is so weird. Yeah. But it's the 80s. All bets are mm. off. Uh, there's a noise outside at night. Dun, dun, dun. Johnny Depp pulls up to his full five foot four, 85 pounds and puffs his chest out. And he's like, don't worry, ladies. I'll be out here. Mm. Goes outside. There's a screeching noise. Not unlike that of Freddy's glove. <gasps> What is it? Kitty, kitty, kitty. Chow, chow, chow. <laughs> uh, and there's a Rod scare. Oh, no. It turns out it's Rod. He tackles Johnny Depp, and somehow Johnny Depp doesn't die, which shocks me. Uh, he's like twice his size. He's legitimately twice his size. Uh, so Glenn nearly gets killed by Rod. Glenn, of course, Johnny Depp. Yep. Uh, because he pulls a fucking switchblade on him when he makes a joke. Because he's a charming guy because again he's a stereotype they from the 50s movie and they also just you know for the murder they have all this kind of you've got things to like make you think this is right. a bad guy but it's funny that they do that because when we see the murder we know that it's not him right so it's just like why are we are you feeding us are you feeding us or are you making his like I mean, Everybody, are you making it so like the cops say like he's a, a rabble right, rouser? So exactly. like we see what he's like. So we're I like, think I think it's just more stuff being poured into the bucket of 
adults don't understand the next generation. Yep. And Where it's like, like, he's not really a bad guy. He's not really going to kill anyone no. with a switchblade. Yeah. He carries one because it's part of this image that he has in yep. his head. He's not actually like some sort of 1950s street tough. I mean, I actually had a coworker that used to do that. Where, yeah. You know, he'd pull out a knife like as a joke. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, people do that. It's, people are weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, there are weird people out there. That doesn't mean that they're murderers. <laughs> so, whatever. Weirdos uh, that just talk about movies for like two hours <laughs> or once a week into microphones exactly they're not like that certainly <laughs> not like that so um they're gonna be boinking guard for the uh for uh tina and rod yeah which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense you'd think that she'd be fine if he was there but i, I whatever <laughs> they stay uh, Rod finally admits uh, that he's having nightmares after they have sex. He's finally like, oh, I can open up and say, hey, guys can have nightmares too. Oh, oh. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hickory dickory dock. <laughs> he's Andrew Dice Clay now. Uh, basically. Basically. Yeah, I you're mean, right. Yeah, true. Re- replace, that, uh, replace that switchblade with a uh, Zippo lighter mm. in a little leather holster on his belt, and you pretty much got Andrew Dice Clay. Uh, okay. This is where Tina's crucifix falls off the wall, but Nancy's in the room. Uh, so she now Tina. This the scene where Tina gets woken up and Rod's still asleep. There's rocks hitting the window, and then one of them lodges itself, yeah, supernaturally into the window. Like it looks like a bullet hole, but there is a rock stuck in the glass. Such a brilliant thing that is just like. It doesn't hey, mean that doesn't happen. It doesn't yeah. mean anything, but it is weird. Yep. You feel it and you're just like this is surreal and it is dreamlike. And Oh, so- because we're in the dream world. Exactly. And again, the way this movie switches into that is is, is great. And this and so as I was watching this, so as you probably know if you've listened to any episodes of this, I've probably mentioned it 4000 times. This is my least favorite part of the movie. But in watching it this time, I think I have come to terms with it because it sets you up. So we get Freddie Longarms and it's like, look at me, I'm a big goof. The hell? And he runs like a goblin down the yeah. down. So she goes down. He's got the big fucking arms and he's scraping them against the wall. This is that very goofy scene. It's funny, man, because I thought I hated this, too. And upon this time, I was like, you know what? I... I, I like the big arms right now. I like, still think it's goofy. Don't I, get me wrong. I think it's cool though. It's a neat. It's a neat visual to set you up for like, oh fuck, what? Right. Like, <clears throat> because when you see that, you're like, well, look at this big funny goofball. And then the next fucking scene that you get to is again legitimately one of the most brutal, horrific scenes in the history of film. <laughs> and so it's like, okay. Uh, like you really set my expectations in a different direction yeah, and, with Freddy goofball arms. And and another thing is like you just mentioned he runs like a goblin. Like yeah. I think that's just Freddy being goofy. Like yeah. he did the arm thing, then he's just like, Oh, boogity 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 <laughs> like, It's like <laughs> it, it looks ridiculous, but then when it, you think about his motives, you're just like, Oh, he's just being like a cartoon character, like, ah, I'm gonna get you like I mean, it's because it's not anywhere near close to a normal run if you're chasing somebody. <laughs> it's not. Uh, it's, it's it's not like this guy runs funny. It's just like no, this is a cartoon right <laughs> goblin but al- run. But yeah. also, you do not. It is creepy. 
the, that still is not goofy. Like I don't, I never found the the goblin run to be goofy. I was still like, oh, it's a guy with fucking knife hands coming yep. at you in a weird way, like a psycho. I think it's half goof. That's terrifying. It's still scary. Yeah, yeah. But it's definitely still half goofy. Um, so, uh, oh, before any of this, we have to also mention because obviously Craven set the rules with Scream and all that shit. You know, this is the the thing where basically like, oh, Freddie's going to try to get Nancy, but oh, wait, Tina's the one that had sex, so she's <laughs> got to die first. So according to Wes Craven, sex equals death, which is not as much as everyone wants to say that it is not uh, it is not an unequivocal rule in in horror movies. No, I mean, it just isn't. Uh, But in this one, it is. Uh, (laughs) So. We got our first Freddy quip here where she's like, oh, my God. And then Freddy says, this is God. And You're it's like, okay. goofy, but it is it's it's intense enough that it is also scary moment. I, I think but, it's half lame, but I also feel like he's just getting his legs he's, here. I agree. <laughs> I, like he's really just getting started. Like I've he's been like, cooped up for fifteen years. I'm I'm just now gonna be this charismatic goofball right. killer. Like, he's he's trying to he's trying to figure out what's gonna. He's freak like workshopping a stand up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's getting his tight five of murder together yeah. <laughs> for this. And he's like, okay, uh, guys, what's what's in the news today? Um, cutting oh my, my fingers yeah. off. How about uh, oh you guys God. like that? God has no business here. Ah, it's too cliche, yeah. too cliche. Um, um. <laughs> what if I were to, would it freak anybody out if I cut off my fingers? Yeah, is, it, is that spook you? <laughs> no, not really. Sorry. It's, <laughs> it's kind of like the kind of like the thumb trick <laughs> yeah it was especially that moment is especially weird because he's like hey tina look at this yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is like okay you're like really trying to get her attention like it really felt like a little kid look at what i could do <laughs> he's like it's, Stuart. it's cool yeah it's cool and i like his face afterwards where he does his eyeballs where he looks at the yeah. hand looks back looks, yeah like I, I love that hamming up to the camera but at the same time i think it could have worked just as equal if he just popped out and said tina and then just started chasing her again. You know what I mean? Instead right. of any of the like, it would have been just as effective. Sure, but again, as as we've but been also saying, sets up the rules that this he is it. can do all this weird shit. Yeah, that he's he is immortal. He can do whatever the fuck he wants, yep. and he likes to gross people out. He likes to be weird. He's also he's kind of immature as a murderer. You yep. know, like you're look you're talking about a child killer. Probably a child molester, someone with like some sort of. Well, originally he was supposed to be right, right. and then it was just just changed to child like, killer. Yeah, <laughs> like let's not bring. Let's... And I kind of agree. Like, yeah, there's no reason to bring that into people's minds. No, because it's too real. Yeah, you know, like sure, children get killed. Sure, children die every day. I've that is a thing. It, I've also thought it always strange that his origin was child killer, but now that he's back, he's just like. I'm into teenagers now. <laughs> like, why isn't he killing like the five-year-olds on Elm Street? Well, like, I, I mean, know he's getting revenge for the, I guess the family he's at, but they don't even mention that in this one, do they? That like everybody was, yeah, the kids of the. Do they no, mention yeah, that yeah, in this? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, that's. I mean, it's. They don't expressly say it. Yeah. But it. But it is. 
this movie expects that its audience is smarter than the subsequent movies think that the audience is. Okay, so they don't where hammer they, you over They're not going to punch you in the yep. face with it, but it is very clear that that's what his motivation is. Your mom set him on fire. Your dad kicked him in the balls. <laughs> oh, no, my now balls. He's after all of us. Yeah. And he's specifically after my balls. <laughs> um, Give me those balls. <laughs> you know, that is totally a possible Freddy line. <laughs> That's like a that's like a part five. Hey, hey kid, give me those balls. <laughs> Think you're a big baller. <laughs> and he fucking kills him with a bowling ball or some yeah. shit. Oh boy. Uh yeah, Freddy got kind of goofy later on. Um but <laughs> And I love it. I love goof Freddy. Yeah, I don't care. Same. Uh okay. All right. So <laughs> Tina runs away after he does, hey, check this shit out. <laughs> and it's like you gotta, wait, 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 wait. I can juggle too. <laughs> you gotta wonder if Tina had just kind of sat there and been like, unimpressed. Yeah. Been like, okay, well, I'll cut the hand off. Mm, unimpressed. More. Uh, what if I take the arm off? <laughs> hey, my head's gone. Hey, oh, crap. <laughs> and he's just like a pile laying in the ground. Huh? What about now? Pretty scary, right? Everybody fucking terrified. Uh, okay, so. <laughs> all right. Deleted scene. <laughs> goes yeah. on for ten more minutes. So we get to the spin, the spinning box room. We're all horror fans. We all know the whole story. We yep. know everything. It is, it is brilliant. We all know that it was reused in Break Into Electric Boogaloo to with, you know, very well. Uh, and all of those same things. same box, same box. Oh, in, I didn't in know Break that. Into Electric Boogaloo. Uh, almost yeah. almost killed somebody when the blood hit it in <laughs> the other in the other version of it when the uh, the blood comes out of the bed for they almost electrocuted yep. somebody that yeah. was pretty sad uh but okay holy shit this scene freaked me out as a kid though man the, <laughs> if that's freaking out burned into your brain again yeah. it is i have seen this movie hundreds of times i watched it again i still feel squeamish watching this happening <laughs> it is a horrible thing to see and the the way that it's shot is brilliant because you know you have this box that's spinning so you're like okay that would be enough to make this effect to sell this effect but then they have rod in the corner of the shot yeah. so he's he's watching as she's flying around so he's in some sort of harness or something yeah, he's probably strapped to the wall yeah. and it's just like fuck it is and his powerlessness in that situation where he's acting like, you know, like those dreams where you're in a fight and yep, you, can't you can't move throw a punch. Yeah. He's that thing in real life where yep. he's watching this thing happen and it's so out of the realm of human experience. It'd, it'd make you freeze if you're watching you, somebody fly up the wall like that. Yeah. You, You'd be terrified. There's no person who could handle this situation. Yeah. And so it's just, it's amazing to watch them unfold this horror in front of him just it is horrific and even the quickness the how smart it was when they just stop it dead she falls yep. the moment she's dead he's like i'm done with you boom she falls to the bed the blood splashes across rod's face thereby implicating him even further because he's now covered in his <clears throat> girlfriend's blood yep the, the one thing about it that's always kind of bugged me a little bit, though, is that the cops never inquire. There's never a line of, like, how the blood got on the ceiling. Like, and it's not just blood splatter. It's being dragged on the ceiling like blood. Like, 
how this guy drag his you know they never bring that up I just right it's just a, a tiny little urchin. oh sure but, but i mean it, the it would, I'm sure that if you really wanted to do the, like, the GCPD version of this, where you go behind the scenes and it's like a police procedural about yeah. this, I'm sure they're talking about it. But he's also the person in a locked room yeah. with the corpse. Oh, yeah. So he's not in prison. He hasn't gone to trial. He's yeah. in jail. You know, he's being held because he is obviously the most likely suspect. In I just wanted situation. one cop to be like, how do you think he got the blood up there? Right. Well, I don't care. We'll find that out later. Like he used a mop. I yeah. don't know. Whatever. <laughs> oh, that would work. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So of course, uh, of course, uh, uh, Nancy comes in, she sees the, the carnage screams and is, completely traumatized and basically goes catatonic as anyone would um so we cut of course to uh nancy's dad played by the sheriff the sheriff played by john saxon of yeah. enter the dragon fame uh famous hairpiece of, aficionado of blood salvage fame of blood salvage fame uh, he's being briefed on the murder doing kind of a little walk and talk as he goes into his office where Nancy and her mother are waiting for him. And we find out that he's Nancy's dad. And that they that there's a divorce, that they're both shitty parents, that he's a controlling turd, that her mom is an alcoholic wastrel. Like there's just like everyone in this situation is doing their worst. <laughs> uh, and it's it's really driven home by brilliant writing i can't stress enough how brilliant the dialogue in this scene is the moments of the parents like they're so true to life to like a bad parental uh situation mm -hmm. where they twist her words every time she says something she's literally witnessed a murder of her best friend she's nearly catatonic and they just keep saying things to twist her words. Like, oh, you don't think murder's a big deal? Yeah. Like, all of those... What are you doing? <laughs> like, what were you doing shacked up with that person? Yeah. Well, I think... <laughs> Who cares? They're, he's a, she's a fucking teenager. Obviously, that's what they do. She's a teenager, and... Fuck off. Let's focus on the murder. And <laughs> maybe get a psychiatrist in yeah. there. And and by maybe, I mean absolutely <laughs> get a child psychiatrist in there. She's a teenager who just witnessed one of the most horrific things in yep. the world. Terrifying, but whatever. Uh, okay. So they just keep scoring points off her. And then she mentions the dreams and that Tina didn't want to sleep alone. Next day, mom's in the kitchen. She's watching the exposition channel. They're talking about the murder. We see Tina's bloody arm on the news <laughs> fall out of, off the paramedics gurney. Yeah. Because their news is run by fucking John Wayne Gacy, I guess. I don't, like. <laughs> well, if it's alive, I mean, it could happen if it was a I live guess. shot. Uh, I don't know. Oof. <laughs> oh no, it was the night, so it was oh, nighttime. It was so the night like, literally, it's yeah, like edit, edit this out, <laughs> you fucking turds. Um, so Nancy goes to school because she doesn't want to think about the murder of her classmate, and nobody's gonna bring it up to her at school, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that's going to be a topic of conversation between <laughs> classes. Um, yeah. I feel like any school in the world would have canceled class here, but 
Yeah, you're maybe, right. Maybe yeah, I'm <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. At least hire a grief counselor. I absolutely <laughs> hire a grief counselor. Like two days off grief counseling. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of shit needed to be done here. Um, but none of that. Oh, stuff. and the killer's on the lam. Oh yeah, and <laughs> also <laughs> what, one your, of their your class classmates <laughs> who killed somebody is still out. Yeah. Okay, so you need that math class. Of course. Uh, so she goes off to school and. You know, whatever she Rod knows the path that she's going to take to school. So he grabs her and pulls her into the bushes. And he's like, you got to believe me. I'm not a murderer. And she's like, but what happened? You were like murdering her. And he's like, I didn't murder nobody. What? Don't look at me like I'm some kind of a fucking fruitcake. I'll fucking kill you. And, <laughs> and then it's like, hey, dude. <laughs> yeah, selling it. Uh, he says, or else. That's what he says. Oh, that's right. Don't look at me like I'm some kind of a fucking fruitcake. Or else, I'll... <laughs> or else then, I'll, I'll, I won't kill you. Uh, or else I'll... And that gets cut off, of course, by John Saxon showing up, pointing his big fucking Smith & Wesson in his face right next to his daughter. Uh, and it's like, Daddy, you used me. Well, and, what were you doing out of school anyway? Yeah. And, and took a sweet time getting back there, too. Yeah, if you were if you were really if this was the whole point, she if it was a killer, you you let him you let him have some kill time, bro. Yeah, that, there was a lot of lot of time to murder her left there. Real real weird. Uh but he escapes because uh his daughter becomes a human shield for him of her own volition. Uh and he lasts maybe 20 seconds before five cops yeah. peel out and surround him. Throw him on the ground. Hey, it's not me. I'm not guilty. <laughs> Come on. Um, <laughs> Switchblade's actually just a comb, huh? <laughs> hey, come on. I'll sing Greased Lightning yeah. for you. Come on. Anybody want to hear Greased Lightning? <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> Let's see. Meanwhile, at uh, we then cut away. So even after this. She's like, fuck it, I'm still going to school. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let yeah. this deter me from going to she school. She really wants to go to that. She's excited class. about Lynn Shay's yeah, yes. uh, Shakespeare class. I would also be excited to be in class with Lynn Shay. yeah. She's awesome. <laughs> mm. Insidious class with uh, Lynn Shay. So she's going to... And watch the movie Dead End with Lynn Shay if you haven't seen it. Okay, oh, I will. Oh, man. I love her. Everybody she's so out good. there. Yeah, Ray Wise and Lynn Shay are yeah, the leads yeah. in that. And they're so great together. Um. Yeah, this is like an excuse to to make some some little little references to things in Shakespeare that have corpses in them. Yeah. It's like, oh, the grave diggers. Oh, this other thing. And then it's like, why don't you go up? Why don't you, the most boring blonde child in the class, go up and read something? And he stands up. And he is literally so boring that he puts Nancy to yeah. sleep. <laughs> and they do this great thing that's th- one of the things they do in Nightmare where it's like when you're asleep, everybody starts talking like this. And it's just like everything turns into a whisper. And yeah. it's so fucking creepy. And they're just like kind of looking. And they put a cool voice effect on Shakespeare Boy. Yeah, it's yeah. just like he's completely dead-eyed and he's talking very <laughs> whispery. And it's just, it's it's all very surreal and dreamlike. And again, Tina, again, with like the second most like burned into my brain image of this of this movie and of almost any movie, 
she shows up in a body bag. Yeah. And it's, which is great because as a kid, I was like, oh, that's a body bag. I'm an adult now. I know what a body bag looks like. It's black. (laughs) (laughs) That is a mattress bag. That is a, that's like a fucking comforter bag. (laughs) That's what like your. Their corner department's run by the same people that uh, that are doing the news editing. (laughs) It's like a bed, bath and beyond. And they're like, oh, we can't waste this. (laughs) We can't waste this comforter bag. We're gonna put the corpse in it, but it works. Imagine if it was a black bag and you just no, heard like, "Of course." <laughs> Shut up! I'm trying to listen to Shakespeare. She unzipped and pulled her face out. Come on! Uh, now she's talking like him. Um, but uh, but no, it's not, and it's just bloody on the inside. It's just such a fucking great visual, and she, of course, this is to me. This brings up part of one of the confusing parts of Nightmare on Elm Street but it's only really like you have to really bear down on it to make it confusing and so it's not it really isn't but I do think about this where it's like she's in control of her actions in the dreams she has to be they all are always but then she always makes these very terrible decisions where you're like I know there's a killer there's a bloody body bag being dragged down a hallway into a basement. What should I do? I'll personally, yeah. I would run out the door into daylight. <laughs> would be my personal choice. Uh, whereas she's she decides to, to follow the, her. Never, she's never going to get to the bottom of it and solve it, though, she, that way. Oh you can't God. run away from your problems, bro. Uh, that would be she a problem. She could just sit still and listen to Shakespeare. <laughs> that would be, be I would safer. not have done that. <laughs> I would have done something else. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's very, oh, oh my God. So dragging this, this body is being dragged by invisible ghost hands down the hallway. Which looks so cool. So <laughs> the, the, just the editing, the, the cuts, it's just And the so arm perfect. again. <laughs> the arm Slaps yep. down. Oh, so amazing. Um, all right. And so where are we at now? Uh, she bumps into oh, the that's, hall monitor. That's again the hall monitor who has the glove and the sweater. Yeah. No running in the halls. And, and uh, where's your hall pass? Yep. Screw your pass. Screw your pass. <laughs> once I don't want to ruin this movie for anybody, but once I started thinking of her being the female equivalent of Mark Wahlberg's acting, I was like, oh no, she. <laughs> She really brings, like, Mark Wahlberg in The Happening. Oh, ma'am, no. <laughs> She's got really breathy, very Mark Wahlberg delivery. Uh, okay, so let's see. Freddy shows up again. He hurts himself. <laughs> he had another moment of him being like, hey, check this out. And cuts his chest open. Some maggots come out and some green goo. Um, this is that. This is probably to me the most perfect and most iconic Freddy moment is when he shows up in this hallway, like he's backlit mm-hmm. and he's doing the gunslinger thing where he's holding the glove like it weighs yeah. like 50 pounds and it's he's giving it shoulder sags and everything. Exactly. Yep. Like he's giving the he's giving the glove again with his fetish for this item He's showing how important it is and giving it literal weight where it's like down below his knee. He's just like holding on to it. It's so fucking cool. Uh, it, it's just creepy as all hell. But so again, 
here is another part of the rules that do get fuzzy for me because she's like, oh, no, Freddy, I know how to get out of this. I'll burn my arm. Yeah. You know what else hurts? Getting stabbed. Yeah. That doesn't seem to wake anybody that up. That doesn't seem to wake <laughs> anybody up. Uh, so that does confuse me a little bit yep. because everyone else has to be uh, acted on by external stimulus. And it is possible. I mean, there there's a no prize for this as well because at this moment she is also shaken by the teacher. So she could have burned her arm. Mm-hmm. That's just a thing that happened. Yeah. That did not bring her out of the dream. Oh, okay. And the sh- being shaken by Lin Shay yep. is what brought her out of the dream. So it, it's possible that that literally was not the point. So just saying. I feel like it was, though. I, I do, too. I mean, it really was because she so intentionally put her arm on there. She was yeah. like, uh, she did it with such yep. gusto. But then she never tries it again. It's like, bring a thumbtack and stick exactly. it in your, yeah, yeah, yeah. In your hand or something. Come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Punch the wall, even. <laughs> Just go full Kyle on that wall. <laughs> yes. Um, but now she wakes up and she has a burn on her arm from the dream. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, so. Which isn't that eerie because we already know what kind of. Exactly. It's a two-way street, I guess. Oh, well, uh, interestingly, though, because with Tina, her dress, her nightgown yes. was cut. She didn't have any physical injury. So this is the first time we've seen a physical injury from the dream world. Okay. So it's... Oh, it's she had a pretty physical injury when she was dead. Well, okay. <laughs> with the exception of the actual murder. Okay. <laughs> we've never seen a live person come out with like, with something. So yeah. what we're seeing is like, and, and it does, it does encroach. We keep getting more and more where she gets this burn then we see that she gets a cut from you know when she's on the ekg and the sleep test oh yep you know it's you know it's just good filmmaking is what it is but um okay so she goes to visit rod in jail he lets nancy in on the important info info that we already know but he adds the three knives were cutting her while i was watching and she's like i dreamed about a guy with three knives dude they're bad at counting. <laughs> yep. Uh, and so, let's see. Yeah, isn't that, that is what they say, right? I think so, yeah. He's got, hmm, that's right. I wonder if it was only supposed to have three at first. Mar- Marvel Comics was like, hey, uh, no thanks, bub. No snickting. <laughs> no, four blades. Give him that fucking pinky. <laughs> three, bla- three blades is Wolverine. Yeah. Four blades is what you have to do. He's got to, yeah, he's got to have a pinky one. I know it's not going to do much. Two blades is Faust. (laughs) One blade is Baraka. (laughs) Oh, so true. (laughs) Get Uh, your blades straight. Freddy's got four. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, let's see. She goes home to have a relaxing bath and sing the Freddy theme song trademark. Uh, She falls asleep and we get the jaws between the legs Freddy Claw moment. So fucking good. It's... This movie is just scene after scene of iconic moments. Yeah. Like, I can't even think it's of a movie. It's just a surreal soup. It's, it's so true. But, I mean, can I cannot think of another movie that provides so many moments that are this perfect and iconic. Even, like, a Ghostbusters. Yeah. I don't think has this many 
like punch you in the face iconic moments as great a movie and as perfect a movie as Ghostbusters yeah. is it still doesn't have like it's got you know five and this movie is just like one after the other yeah so okay um this mom knocks on the door wakes her up so Freddy <laughs> Freddy disappears I love that I love yeah. that it's not I, I mean it's so cheesy and it doesn't make sense that he's like oops I yeah. gotta go hide because he's disappearing. He's you're coming out of the dream. He's not just going underwater. <laughs> but yeah, but I but I mean I also think that's because she woke up with the yeah. door knock. It's like oh crap, I'm out of here. I can't be here in the real world. Right. Now she woke up. So. I know, but it, but this is the fact that we yeah. see his arm. Yeah, yeah, and it's so much cooler than his arm like fading away oh, though. Exactly. Yeah, and and there is something to it, and I can't explain it. I can't explain why it's so much better, but mm-hmm. it absolutely yep. is. Um. And then she's like, no, I'm, I'm doing fine. Just let me go back to sleep. Okay. Yeah. She goes back to sleep and falls into the abyss. And it is so scary. Yeah. It's a cool visual. <laughs> like, this is one of those moments that is just like, if this happened to you, like, if this happened to me, my heart would just stop. Like, yeah. I think I would just die. You're looking up and you could just see the light from your bathroom through yeah. a tiny little bathroom. I think my brain hole. would just be like, yeah. okay, I think it's time to die. I guess I just died. <laughs> I think I, I don't even know. I don't. Should I even fight? I think I, I just died. I think I don't care. Yeah. I, think, <laughs> I, think, I think I can hear the fucking game over music and I'm just done. <laughs> so that's fine. Hit reset. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is. It's terrifying. She manages to swim her way up. And again, mom saves her life here. Mm-hmm. Um, mom is very good intentioned and that is the other part of this is that they all there is also that moment because she can forgive them later on she can only forgive them because they're not bad people yeah. they're just stupid Yeah, like everybody here is just dumb I mean nobody's as dumb as that the uh, the deputy the deputy is oh my gosh a, the guy at a, the end the guy is a special kind of dumb yeah. but maybe I should call the chief <laughs> That moment when after she's broken out every, every window, window in the entire house. Oh man, I should probably stop her before she gets she's to the other one. Screaming at the yeah. top of her lungs that she's being killed. It's okay. There's bars in the window. You're good. You're safe. <laughs> oh boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that guy does not deserve a promotion. I sure hope he got fired. I. I just. I just hope he doesn't get promoted. Yeah. That's all I hope. I. He's a cop. He's not going to get fired. Put that fucker on desk duty. <laughs> at least. At least that. You know that guy couldn't do paperwork. Are you yeah. fucking kidding me? Um, I don't care about paperwork. <laughs> I care about people living. Ugh. Well, that's why the paperwork's so sloppy. I just imagine like, that cop standing out in front of like a like a school zone with kids and somebody drives Ooh. by at 90 and he's like, hey, 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 hey. Slow, slow it down, please. <laughs> Thump, thump. Yeah. Thump, thump. <laughs> Man, I should probably tell somebody that guy's driving fast. <laughs> but it is my lunch break in yeah. 15 minutes, so I'm just going to pretend I didn't see that. Uh, anyway, so she uh, she gets out of the tub, and she finds uh, one of the worst made props in the entire movie, clearly markered on no-dose, generic no-dose pills with that, like, it's like, guys, come on, just print it off something. Super wakey. Yeah, but it's it's fake no-dos. She's like, cool, I'm going to take a bunch of these and watch Evil Dead. Yeah. And it, the continuing uh, battle between Wes Craven and, uh, and Sam Raimi 
in this. Yes, because uh, oh yeah, the hills were in Evil Dead. Evil uh, Dead. The Evil... claw was in part two, right? The claw was in part two. Yep. Or uh, yes, and it was the there was that whole thing where it was like he tore the the Sam Raimi said he put the hills have eyes poster in the basement that ash tears down yep because he's like this is gonna be the most terrifying movie ever now oh is that what it was that was saying? yeah that was, oh, okay. that was supposed to be like a, a moment where he was like uh move over hills have eyes <laughs> check this shit out and then so they've kind of had a little weird back and forth gotcha I, is, I didn't know there was like a i didn't know there was any kind of like uh, it, there's like a, i'm the king now yeah, kind of yeah. thing. i thought it was just like yeah hey, i put your thing in here you put my thing in here. no it's like a silly it's i mean it basically is at yeah. the end of the day that's what it is yep. but they they talked about it like it was some sort of little rivalry when in reality it's just sort of an homage um so uh, all right we're out of the Glenn, oh, that's right. She's she's trying to. Evil not... Dead seems like something in your mindset at the time you wouldn't be watching. <laughs> you're cranked up on no dose. Yep, your friends you are dying. Just... Your friend just died. Your you other know... friends in jail. You're. I'm gonna watch There's a bunch a of people get killed. Yeah. about to murder you. And you you're almost just got killed. You're... Listening to chainsaw sounds <laughs> in the background. It's like. This cannot be great for your brain. Call now to get your CD of now. That's what I call chainsaws. <laughs> it's like, this is a stroke waiting to happen is what this is. Uh, okay, so. Uh, Evil Dead's actually what gave her the gray stripe. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> that was the last straw. Oh, and that's what happened to Ash at the end of Evil Dead too. Mm. He got a gray stripe oh, too. Yeah delightful uh so it turns out that glenn was outside her window and that's what the scratching noise she heard was <laughs> he uh he wakes her up basically uh and blah 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 glenn doesn't believe her that you know that there's a dream killer etc etc uh but she asks him for the first time to stand guard over her sleeping body and he's not taking this particularly seriously. And he's not going to be good at his job. He's never good at this. <laughs> this never. He's not good at anything. It's weird because <laughs> he's kind of set up as like the good guy of yeah, the movie. But he's just a fucking but, failure. Exactly. But by being such a slacker, by by not doing anything, he is as bad as any of the really bad people yep. in the movie. Uh, so she goes to sleep. And uh, heads out for a walk in the dream fog, because every time, this is kind of how you know that you're in a dream, you get the Freddy dream fog. Yeah. Uh, she winds up in Freddy <laughs> that Alley. A, that would have been a great Freddy gag for one of the further, later on movies, if he, he, he met Freddy and he was using a fog machine. <laughs> the Freddy Fogger? Yeah. yeah Freddy Fogger 5000 <laughs> is on the side of it. That would have been a great, I mean, that would have fit right in if Freddy's dead. If Freddy's dead, that absolutely... <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, she's okay. So out in Freddy Alley, she's the, where Goofy Arms Freddy was menacing Tina. She, uh, she's like, "Are you still with me, Glenn?" And Glenn pops his head out from a shrub, and he's like, "I'm here." Which only in this watching, same, did I That's realize? So crazy to me. I was like, I was like, this doesn't make sense. Wait a minute. And now I was like, oh right, because he's asleep. Dream like dream warriors so rules. Does, so does Glenn think that he's? Why would he think that he's? She's. Uh, it does still a bit doesn't make sense though. Like he's like I'm gonna watch her sleep. That was your job to watch her sleep. Why are you walking around the neighborhood? Don't, don't you know. realize it too? Like again, because a lot of this stuff is like there's a lot of dream logic that goes on yeah. in the, within the dreams where 
sometimes they have a certain amount of understanding of what's going on around them, but then sometimes they're just kind of operating in a, in a haze. And I can totally accept that for, for this movie because that's how dreams work. You know, sometimes you have some lucid stuff. Sometimes you got some, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Oh yeah. And that's what's going on here. Uh, So, but that means that Glenn is asleep. Yeah. Oops. She's fucked. Um, so spooky window smashed out spooky dog barks. Uh, she runs, she runs over to Rod's cell to check on him in the dream. Uh, for some reason, his cell faces on main street. I just thought that anybody can go gawk at the prisoners, which is either (laughs) dream logic or just really bad, like jail design. It's like real weird. You can like throw shit at the prisoners (laughs) or whatever. Although admittedly, I did see something. There was some internet video where they were like, yeah, uh, there's this place that uh, like my pool got set up here and there's this prison right next door and they're constantly yelling that they're going to fuck my wife. Uh. I was like, yeah, that seems like that would really suck. Yeah. So uh, maybe there, maybe people are really bad at designing <laughs> fucking <laughs> designing jails. Who knows? Anyway, that guy needs a fence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, uh, Freddy gro- ghosts through Rod's cell and decides to noose him up. Uh, Tina visits for a minute before turning into a gross bag of eels, which was a really, again, great dream moment. She's kind of got weird eyes, like her eyes are kind of Yep, she spits out, out a centipede. Yep, and then she just, the bag just collapses. Oh, so gross, Big, dude. disgusting pile of dirty eels. Yeah. Horrifying. Freddy takes a break from trying to murder Rod to go chase Nancy, because why not? Uh, you know, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. So this moment, I I got nothing. You knew that that was Freddy chasing you. He gets to the door where she's gone in. He smashes the window out, sticks his face through. And he's wearing a flimsy mask that at first looks like a bad Freddy mask that they didn't have time to do the, the work on. Yeah. Then he takes it off and it's like a Tina mask. Mm. I, I, don't, I got nothing either. I cannot understand that scene. I've never been able to figure out what that scene was about. Mm. It's almost as though when they did the scene where he smashes the window out, they were like, oh, it's going to look fine with a shitty mask. Yeah. They looked at the dailies and went, oh, fuck. We don't have a <laughs> reset for this. And then they're like, okay, we can reshoot it. Robert's in the fucking makeup. Have him take off the mask as though he was dressed as Tina. Yeah. Look, I, that's the only explanation <laughs> I can come to because she didn't think Tina was chasing no. her. I, I really do not get that scene. Yeah. But... um. Then again, you could just cheaply cop it out to weird dream shit. Weird dream shit. Yep. Totally. Um, So, Freddy wastes a shit ton of murder opportunities here by menacing. He's all about menacing Nancy. Yep. He's like, when he finally chases her up to her room, all he does is like cut up her pillows and like go, ah. (laughs) And he like poses with the claw up next to his face. And like, there's all those moments. And it's just like, okay i guess i mean clearly he doesn't really want to kill her that badly 
so Glenn has clearly totally failed her. Uh, and luckily she did set an alarm because she doesn't trust Glenn. Yeah. And so that wakes her up and she's back. Where was Glenn during all of this, though, if he was in that dream world with her? We'd never find out. He was just no. Like, did he like fall asleep? He probably fell asleep behind <laughs> that fucking bush in the dream world. Jackass. I mean, this guy needs a lot of sleep. Yeah, <laughs> he's always sleeping. He's always sleeping. Like he, he can't the- even. He's a teenager who can't even stay awake to watch the Miss Nude World coverage. I guess was just airing on NBC that night. <laughs> I gotta tell my mom about Miss Nude World. Yeah, this he's is sitting there watching. Important. It's coming in on the rabbit ears. What the. F- <laughs> He lives, this reality is pretty awesome. Yeah. With the exception of the dream murders. Yeah. I don't know. Pretty cool. Um, okay. So, he's back, but then they're like, oh shit, okay. She gets mad at him for a moment, but then is like, we gotta go save Rod. So they run down to the police station to save him from Freddy. Yep. Uh, we see that Freddy's ghosting a noose around his neck. She gets... Because her fucking father never goes home. Her Seriously. father lives at the police station, <laughs> legitimately. It's like, what, three in the morning, something like that? Be. And they're like, what are you doing here, little missy? <laughs> fucking dude, go home. But uh, he has, she has to convince him to go look at Rod. They do, and they get there just in time to watch Rod die. Yep. So, uh, yep, there you go. After watching that, she's even more upset. Cut to a funeral for Rod. Uh, And what I love here, casting of Rod's parents. First time I noticed this in a watch of this movie. I did not notice this. I noticed Rod's parents. They look like carnies. They're awesome. I was like, oh my God, that's what Rod's parents totally would look like. I did not even like, think of it. Or the dude looks him. like he like slicks his hair back with like uh, <laughs> like uh, like shoe polish. Yep. Like he looks like a greaser from the 50s <clears throat> and mom looks like a carny too. Like they're just great. They're spot on. Yep. Like this is Rod's parents. <clears throat> um, and so after the funeral's over, I'm like, we need to do something about Nancy. I'm going to get her some help. And so they take her to do a sleep study. And uh, Roger Rabbit is her doctor, which is great uh, (laughs) because he is also from the other burned killer movie, Bad Dreams. Yes. Uh, See episode something, something, something. Smile and stand. Crap, like 23. (laughs) (laughs) Something a long time ago. A long time ago. It was a very long time ago. Uh, She gets all EKG'd up and goes to sleep. And as soon as she enters REM sleep, her Freddy dream starts. Mom and uh, Roger Rabbit are basically just hanging out. She's smoking and they're just talking shit. And he's like, dreams are weird. <laughs> That's <laughs> basically like, We it. don't get any like deep insight or anything. Yeah, yeah, just like, yeah. We haven't been able to figure it out. Like, I mean, people it's... are weird. Dreams are weird. Your head's weird. Right. And there's like, there's a bunch of numbers and they're really not very specific about what yeah. any of these numbers really mean. If they're only a little weird, this line only jiggles, this pen <laughs> only jiggles a little bit. If it's a three, then that's probably going to be a nightmare. Yeah. And then- <laughs> What we get is the numbers never get this high. Yeah. There's something wrong. She's like and super weird. <laughs> Nancy's screaming. Uh, they go in and wake her up and check it out. She's got a big claw mark on her arm and she's brought Freddy's hat back from the dream. And that's some crazy shit. And how do you know that it's Freddy's hat? Why? Because he keeps his name written on the inside of it. Mm-hmm. You oh, don't? I, I do not. Matt. Hold no, it's not really fuck, there. Fuck, it really is. <laughs> Damn it. You're ruining our kayfabe. 
I borrowed uh, this shirt from Frank. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. Uh, Nancy comes downstairs to drink more coffee the next day. Chug she hasn't slept at all. Nancy, stay away from that coffee. Uh, Nancy's pissed. Glug, 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 glug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're going to really mess up your liver if you keep drinking like that. Here, have some of this. Yeah. Uh, I hide it everywhere ever since I watched Black Christmas. It's amazing. Mm. Yeah. I... <laughs> I do love how uh, we keep seeing her finding bottles in yeah. different places. Why are you doing that, though? <laughs> Everyone knows that you drink a yeah, bottle of vodka a day. Like, Just drink it. Thing. Who are you hiding this from? <laughs> no one cares. Yeah. You live alone, too. <laughs> exactly. Like, other than what's her nuts? Yeah. Nancy. Yeah. Nancy knows that Jeez, you drink. She's chug-a-lugging every day, yeah. When you, like, you're laying in bed drinking vodka. Yeah, is that your special game to yourself to do when you're drinking? Maybe. Drunk? That might be it. It's like an Easter egg hunt. Yeah, for I her. get super drunk. Okay, I'm gonna hide this half bottle, <laughs> crack this new one, and then one day I'll find the other one. It'll be fun. Honestly, I feel like I used to do that when I was trying to quit smoking. <laughs> I feel like there were like tons of times where I'd be like, "Oh yeah, no, I'm just gonna I'm gonna hide the cigarettes, and then I won't see them. <laughs> yeah. I can't throw them away because I know I'm gonna start smoking again." <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. I'm not too much of an idiot to forget where I hit it. <laughs> yes, that's true. So uh, we. Th- we get Nancy leaving. Uh, Mom partially admits to the gang murder that she participated in, <laughs> but Nancy freaks out, smashes her booze bottle, and then runs out the door to meet Glenn on a little picturesque bridge. Yeah. Uh, Glenn basically describes what will be fleshed out in part four here, which is like the whole idea that, like, you know, if you want to fly in your dreams, you can fly and all this shit. And he really does, like, go through all that kind of shit with her. It's like, oh, the poets, they go into a dream and they, you know, they get dream powers and they get their, you know, dream knowledge. And she was like, I just wanted to build booby traps. (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's like, so you you could have you could have gotten spiked armor and a fucking tank. But Mm. you were like, eh, whatever. We'll build booby traps in the real world. (laughs) Turns out she was more successful than the dream warriors were, unfortunately. So. Uh, okay, but uh, so we learn all that stuff and like meh, whatever doesn't matter. They go home, uh, or sorry, sh- uh, Nancy goes home. They were out there forever because she goes home and it's nighttime. And in the space of that time that they were out hanging out on that bridge, Mom has managed to. <laughs> time goes fortify this house. <laughs> time. time- works weird on elm street it is wishy-washy <laughs> because she somehow got a work crew in there to fortify her that entire day. house that day within like six hours yep and it's uh, like boom we got cages on every 50 windows of your house and they've torn down glenn's sex trellis ah my sex trellis <laughs> i climbed that to have sex with your daughter what are you doing <laughs> I thought that's what i was there for <laughs> why would you put a trellis outside your teenage daughter's <laughs> fucking bedroom if you didn't want dudes to climb yeah. up it and have sex with them uh you're crazy so uh finally she comes in and she's like everything's all locked up you're never gonna get hurt ever again and uh no it's, it's, it's not so secu- for- it's so secure you just walk through the front door right exactly. <laughs> no you're never gonna get you no uh, Fred Krueger was a filthy child murderer mm. who the law wouldn't prosecute. Uh, and so the parents burned him alive. I might have been part of that. Yeah. Sorry. By uh, might, I mean totally. I totally did. <laughs> in fact. I, I got a souvenir, <laughs> just like a serial killer. 
That is such a fucking red flag. (laughs) Oh my God. Can you... Okay. Imagine, if you will, that that you were to come over to my house one day. Yep. And I'm like, oh my God, Matt, you got to check this out. I've had this forever. This is fucking great. And I pull out a fucking Ziploc bag with a bloody knife and I'm like, this was used in all of Gacy's killings. (laughs) (laughs) Would you... Say, boy, I enjoy my time with this friend and I'm going to spend more time with them. Or would you run screaming and never talk to me again? That'd be a weird thing to have. Yeah. Um, I think that's a fucking friendship ender for yeah. me personally. <laughs> uh, that's. I don't fucking... know. I'm more forgiving than you. <laughs> he killed 50 children with this and I keep it in the basement. I sleep with it under my pillow. <laughs> it gives me Gacy dreams. It's fucking crazy. Okay, now I'm going to (laughs) leave. Yep. So, so weird. (laughs) But uh, Nancy calls Glenn after this whole thing and sets up another one of these dream meetings. Uh, This is the one where they're going to bring him out, subdue him. They're like, who's the bulkiest, buffest guy I know? Who could take down a dream killer? Oh. Oh, Tiny Boy Depp. Fucking 15-year-old Johnny Depp is the guy that I'm going to call on. I'm pretty sure he has a baseball bat, though, so that should be fine. <laughs> He's going to be great. Bats, uh, are, bats are bigger than knives. No, I, I mean... If it weren't for the fact that he's an immortal fucking dream demon, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Maybe Glenn has ninjutsu skills that they never mentioned. Uh, but he agrees to uh, to do this, and then he lays down and puts his headphones on and is like, yeah, yeah, Fuck. I'll stay awake. <laughs> he is the worst character of this. <laughs> he is the worst. His mom even wakes him up. He's like, oh, shit, I, I fell asleep. I had something to do. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> and then... So he's like, okay, cool. And then he puts the headphones back on and puts his head back on the fucking pillow. So he couldn't even hear a phone ring. No. Jesus, fuck dude. Fuck you, Glenn. Fuck you, Glenn. <laughs> You're the worst. Um, so, again, he's literally had 20 minutes left. That was like, it was 20 of midnight when he did that, when he put his fucking headphones mm-hmm. back on. <sighs> fuck. Jesus, dude. So, uh... I hope he dies. Yeah, me too. I hope he dies in a really, <laughs> literally impossible way. Yeah. Uh, so this whole thing's going to be easy, you know, unless Freddie's her boyfriend now, but that's, that's crazy. Freddie can't be her boyfriend now. She's going to drink some of her secret coffee from her secret coffee maker (laughs) that her mom can't smell. I mean, her mom is a smoker, so you know what? Maybe she can't. I will admit that when I was smoking like fucking two packs of cigarettes a day, my sense of smell probably wasn't great. Uh, so she's, (laughs) but I do love that she has a secret pot of coffee. Uh, she drinks a bunch of that and Glenn's parents are staring down Nancy's house outside. This was weird. This was, this was again important because it's basically like, they're like, I don't want Glenn hanging around with her anymore because we need to know that they are mad at Nancy because it explains the behavior that leads to Glenn's death. Again, yet again, an adult is making a decision out of anger and stupidity, mm-hmm. just out of viciousness and malice that leads to the death of their child. And so they're like, fuck you. You don't get to talk to my son. Mm-hmm. And because 
they don't wake him up, he dies. Yep. And great job. And great job <laughs> on all parts. So Glenn's scumbag dad takes the phone off the hook when she, after she calls once and is like, you don't ever talk to me or my boy again. <laughs> he leaves the phone off the hook. But then Nancy's phone rings and then it's a screeching claw sound. Oh, shit. She pulls the phone out of the wall and she's like, she's oh, like, crap, crap. What if Glenn calls? <laughs> that was dumb. And then it rings anyway. Oh, Whoa. no. Holy shit. The doll has no batteries. Mm-hmm. Somebody <laughs> set this phone to evil. Um, and so... Uh, Glenn's going to die, but it's okay because Freddie's her boyfriend now. Blah, 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 and blah. Glenn is the worst. And Glenn's the worst. And we get the Freddie phone. Is classic. Again, classic. There just weren't movies doing this kind of weird yeah. nonsense. Like building a fucking tongue rig. This is like Hausu levels of surrealism mm-hmm. in a movie that was a massive mainstream movie. Yep bizarre i mean obviously super low budget for what it was doing for a for a studio movie way low budget but still meant to go to theaters in the united states in a time that it was up against like fucking raiders of the lost ark Mm -hmm. in the theaters you know like this is a tough market that you're gonna be up against uh i don't remember was it raiders that was in maybe temple of doom i don't know 84 but you're talking about like like all of the good movies came out in this time period. Yeah. So it, to have space in the theaters with a movie, it is mainstream. Even though Slugs somehow got into theaters at some point, which blows my mind. That does blow my mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's still crazy that that movie made it into theaters. Uh, I wish I had been around to see it. <laughs> Would have been amazing. Uh, anyway, okay. And we did Slugs, too. Check out our back <laughs> Yes, please. Uh, okay, so she runs to the door to save Glenn, but nope, you're gonna get some sleep. <laughs> Everything's locked up tight. Mom's totally wasted, and she has hidden the key somewhere. I don't even have the key on me. And Nancy punches the couch, almost punching her mom, because she's so mad. And uh, so she can't do anything, and Freddie sucks Glenn into the bed and regurgitates him as approximately, give or take, Four million gallons of blood. So awesome. It is in blatant defiance of all known laws of physics. He turns from an 85 pound boy man into hundreds of pounds, (laughs) a thousand pounds of blood. The only thing that bums me out, and I understand why it couldn't happen, but like the blood doesn't drip down from a ceiling once it hits it. I love that. You love it because, because to me that's that to me that's giving away the effect. To me that's saying that obviously it's just pouring down when it's supposed to be oh, shooting up. I, so since it never falls and drips oh. down during the scene, like I mean, you see it dripping down when the mom comes in the room, like they did, but you can't see everything at once. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely am aware that this was a mistake that they did want it to drip down, but holy shit, man! Uh, to me, that again with the imperfections that make this movie yep. perfect. The sideways dripping where it's like, well, of course that much blood couldn't come out of a single human being. Also, it can't go sideways. So it's like the dream world bleeding into the real world in this way that is just like, fuck, like we can get Freddy to come into the real world and then he's basically impervious to anything you do to him even then. So clearly 
you know, there's there is magic still in the waking world and yep. all that. It's I don't know. I fucking love it. Um, okay, so Nancy's dad is showing up to Glenn's liquefaction. Um, she <laughs> he waves to Nancy. <laughs> Nancy waves back through the bars. It's such a moment. Like, oh hey, your boyfriend's dead. Yeah. How's it going? Hi. Can you get me out of here? <laughs> so weird. Okay, so, um, so. Yeah. Oh, now Nancy makes the same proposition to her dad that she made to Glenn. Yeah. Where she's like, "Okay, I'm gonna bring him back. I need 20 minutes." Yeah. <laughs> so. And now and he, I'm gonna get the get the Kevin McAllister and up my house. And it used to bother me that she believed that he was listening to her when he's so clearly blowing her off. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "Oh, right. She hasn't slept in three fucking days." Oh, yep. So when he's like, "Yeah." Sure, I'll totally be there. Oh, I'm going to be there when you get the dream killer. He couldn't have been less convincing that he was going to do something. Uh, and she's like, okay, cool. So I'm going to go risk my life and do this thing. Yep. I, uh, our plan is going through. And I was like, lady, you're not getting it. But she goes full Kevin McAllister, like you said. Yep. Explosive light bulbs, trip wires. 80s action movie shit. This is like, again... Gonna have a montage! Exactly. (laughs) Like, it's a suit-up montage. It's the moment in Commando when Arnold puts on his fucking gear. This is... Then she's like, no, I can't fall asleep. I took way too much to stay awake. (laughs) That would be the worst. (laughs) I mean, that would be me. Like, in this situation, that would 100% be me, where I'd be like, all right, I gotta go to sleep. Fuck, I can't stop can't thinking about the fact that I've got to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so this is like everything here, again with the goofiness, when you watch it, probably the first time I watched this, first 20 times I watched this, it was totally serious to me and it never, never cracked me up in any way. I was like, wow, this is badass or whatever. Yeah. I watch this now and it is Wiley e. Coyote mm-hmm. and it is part of why I love it. Yeah. It is... I laughed out loud three times watching this sequence. <laughs> when he gets hit in the gut with the fucking sledgehammer, yeah. I was like, oh, that's fucking funny. But then when it turns into him getting hit in the stomach, then falling down the stairs afterwards, like there was nothing in Home Alone that was that funny. Yeah. There was nothing that was like, there was no slapstick in it that was set up that well. Mm-hmm. And it was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, he takes a bunch of really funny falls. Um, so whatever, pretty great. It's very, so it's very Wiley Coyote Yeah, is basically the deal. Um, this is where she has the, the purifying moment where she has the heart to heart with her mom and is like, forgives herself for everything. She does this, like, it's almost like a, like a Zen Buddhist kind of like purification thing (laughs) because she says she forgives everybody before she goes into battle she tells her mom that he, she loves her. Yep. She says a prayer, then she goes to sleep. Yeah, which I, I don't know, brilliant to me. Um, she goes downstairs into her basement, and in the dream, there's a sub basement underneath. Apparently, her basement leads to the boiler room. In this version, she's like, she goes down to the to the basement to grab the glove, but Freddy's wearing it. Come yep. on, in the dream world, Freddy's got it, so it's not going to be there. Um, if she had gotten it, it probably would have killed him because that was like the ending of Freddy's Dead, right? I think so, yeah. <laughs> Stabbing him with his own glove. 
Um, who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> uh, so she runs through every conversation she's had about Freddie with every one of her friends. Maybe she's hearing it. Maybe it's their souls talking. Who fucking knows? Um, but now she's finally into the boiler room and she starts calling Freddie out like she's one of the warriors. <laughs> she's like, come on, Kruger, come get me. She finds Tina's cross. She finds the headphones covered in blood. Uh, and Freddie's being a real scamp here. <laughs> this is some real like, he's like, Maybe I'm not here. Oh, I'm over here. Yeah. And that's the thing is that Freddie can be a scamp. Yeah. It's part of his character. So when you see like Michael Myers looking like a scamp, you're like, fuck, you ruined this movie. Mm-hmm. But when you see Freddie do it, you're like, of course, he's a fucking weirdo. <laughs> Total weirdo. Um, and there's a scene in this that I never noticed before, uh, which was his glove on the corner scampers away he does a little thing where he like makes it move like a spider and he goes <laughs> i was like i love that scene and yeah. i totally never noticed it until this viewing um so freddie jumps her she takes a dive off the handrail and somehow she knows that the dive off the handrail in the boiler room leads to the outside of her house in the dream world cool it works it works <laughs> she lands in the bushes uh, and she grabs Freddy and wakes up. And now, oh, Freddy's not there. She must be crazy. Oh, boo, that sucks. Fooled Turns you. Out- <laughs> <laughs> Turns out I was hiding under the bed. Yeah. <laughs> you know you've got a coffee maker under your bed? This is a real fire hazard. <laughs> You're a real weirdo. Yeah. Um, But she does, <laughs> she does go get that. Uh, she... She runs out of the room. She slams the door, locks it. Oh, yeah. This is all the traps. This is where all the traps come Yeah, we come jumped in. the gun. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh. But, uh, Freddy, come get me. <laughs> and it's, uh, you know. Then we get our... Sledgehammer in the gut. Yep. Our whole down the moment. stairs. Uh, and then ironically lights him on fire again. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite parts of this is like, <laughs> I guess, so she's mixing up this fucking Molotov cocktail in the basement and she didn't realize... Clearly, big thing of creatine in there. She dumps that in there, hits it with... Freddy bulks up big time. He gets the, <laughs> he's like, oh! And then you just see Freddy gain 100 pounds easy just in yeah. one moment. That was... <laughs> that's, Joe Weider's weight gain 2,000 in that bottle. <laughs> that's another perfect imperfection. It is. It sure is. And the fireworks great, though. Like, I mean, the the... the Oh, this the was fire walking. Wasn't this fantastic. like a world record? At it was one insane. Point? Yeah, he went all the I, way up the stairs, fell down the stairs, got up, started walking up the stairs again, believe, all on fire. I believe this was a world records, like oh, seriously, full body flame yep. moment where he was supposed to do a certain amount and then cut by the time he got to a certain place. Yep. And then he was like, "Fuck it, I'm going. I'm doing it all I'm going one take. for it." Yeah. And he he basically did twice as much as he was supposed to do and it was like I, I don't know if it was a world record but it was very close yeah. at least it was a really big deal that yep. he did this crazy thing this was one of those crazy ass stunts yeah and it it's so worth it it's oh, yeah. so good the moments when you can see you can see like the flame wrap on his on the sweater in a couple shots obviously you can see that it's a big mask yep. on his face and that he is of course, literally a hundred pounds heavier than yeah. Robert England. <laughs> um, fine, I don't care. None of it matters. And the other part of it is that when you're like, you can see his face get giant. Like, 
yeah, he's being plumped and cooked like a fucking Johnsonville broth. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, he plumps when you cook him. <laughs> like, that's a thing. <laughs> like, that's sealing the juices into your Freddy is what's yep. going on there. So, and again, his his reaction to being set on fire because he has the history with it, because it is like his fear because of how he died. His reaction when she sets him on fire yep. is like, no, he is. <laughs> there's a legitimate like panicked terror in yeah. his voice that is so good. Ah, I love it. Um, so, OK, finally. The house is smoking. All the windows are broken out. <laughs> she's been They're, screaming constantly. She's been screaming constantly. There is literally smoke billowing out of all the windows. A hundred cops across the street. Yep. Nobody gives a shit. Including uh, her dad's across the street. Including her dad. And they're like, well, I guess we should probably go do something. They finally <laughs> break down the door. They go in and they're like, oh, fire in the basement. A notoriously easy to extinguish thing. Uh, let's go take care of it. Yeah. We took care of it. How? Oh. There was a Molotov cocktail. <laughs> that should have burned everything. That house should have been gone. Yep. But they're they're good at their jobs so uh they put the fire out and uh nancy knowing freddie better than anyone she follows his flaming footsteps she's like oh no he's going for mom and that moment of the the flames that look like footprints oh love it chef's kiss uh she follows that up the stairs she sees that there's a freddie on fire killing her mom (laughs) And the dad shows up behind and is like, what the fuck is this? He throws a blanket over them to extinguish the flames and then pulls it back and then sees the mummified, burned out husk of the mother's body reaching out from a blue lit. Sinking into the bed. A bed that looks like a coffin Mm -hmm. now because it's wrapped like a coffin would be. And she sinks in and disappears. And dad's like. Oh, uh, <laughs> what I love is that Nancy says, so now do you believe me? <laughs> and dad's response is nothing. Mm-hmm. He says nothing, which is exactly what a fucking cop would say. <laughs> oh my God. It's such a perfect, like bad dad, bad cop, like kind of move. Yep. It's just like no response whatsoever. And then he's just like, okay, I'm out of here. <laughs> and, and she's like, no, you've got to go. So because she knows that she has to face Freddie yeah. by herself and that this is about this is about rectifying the things that she has brought this this dream demon to life with all of the things in her psyche, blah, blah, blah. So she has to be the one to make him disappear. And so she confronts him and says, I'm taking all of my power back from you. I'm reclaiming all of the things. I want my family back, blah, blah, blah. And as cheeseball and stupid as this is, it's still kind of powerful. Mm-hmm. There's still a bit of this that is just like it. It's kind of powerful. Like yeah. they they do a good job with it. Sparkle Freddy when he disappears, trying to attack her at the end. Okay, not so good. I can roll with it. I can still. <laughs> I mean, in a movie this good, you can forgive yeah. almost anything. But definitely. That was a that was a weird moment that sticks out. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the moments of weirdness in this movie don't stick out. Yeah. 
and I feel like Sparkle Freddy sticks out. Because it's like one of the few th- places that put cartoon Right, over there's it. like cartoon nonsense. Like, yeah. Of, like like I said, it's not like in the bathtub. It's like it, we didn't yeah. see his hand go exactly. sparkle away. Like like they didn't negative ba- scratch yeah. the fucking yep. the hand away. That's, yeah. But it happens. And then uh, I love that Freddy comes out of a latex when he comes and he like slices his way out of the latex sheets. Yep. Mom had a piddle problem, so you know they had to. They <laughs> had to sense. Have, they had to have the rubber yeah. sheets. Um, I mean, with her drinking, she probably did. Yeah. Um, and so now, hey, Nancy steps outside, and it's a brand new day. Everything's beautiful. Wow, it's so bright out here. Well, Nancy, I think I'm gonna stop drinking. <laughs> You know, I think I hit rock bottom. Everything's going to be great. Mm. You know what? I'm getting back together with your father, and I think I'm going to enter the lottery. I know I'm going to win. <laughs> uh, you know, everything's everything's wonderful and magical. They get the convertible shows up. All the friends are there. Everybody's alive. It's so great. And then things go sideways. Mm. Turns out it's a Freddy car, and the Freddy car closes, and you've got the sweater-colored ragtop. I just wish the ragtop looked better. It looks so cheap and fake. Yeah, they were not going to paint a real good car like yep. that, so it was like, but just barely closes? Yeah. <laughs> it's so sad. Well, because those things don't work like that. Like, that's an old-ass car. It was probably mm. crank. Yep. So you probably had to slowly oh, move yeah. that thing normally. So they probably had to extend it, like maybe even take it apart and throw it, like <laughs> to make it look like it's closing yep. really fast. When I was a kid, though, that was one of the most terrifying parts of the movie to me. Was the car really? Roof. Yeah. Like it spooked me. This whole ending like is burned into my brain for being a kid. Like because and, like you know when you're young, you think like you don't know movie rules. You're just right. like. Oh, cool! She beat him. Yeah, and then I'm like, ah, f- ah! <laughs> yeah, and I, but I do, I love a movie that has a hopeful ending. Yep. But I I, I like this ending. The I ending works for me. I, it does. It works fine for me. After many years of hating this ending, mm-hmm. like I feel like I've I've finally come to terms with this. Even like when I was a kid watching these movies, I had absolutely zero. You know, I didn't analyze anything. I didn't yep. think about it two times. It was, this is gospel and you could never change it. So it's perfect as is. Yep. But later on, I was, I saw, I see that ending and I'm like, why does, they, why do they pull a blow up doll through the window? What is, that is terrible. <laughs> like you could have just cut this whole thing and not have to see the blow up doll. Yep. And now I watch it and it's part of the magic of the movie. Yep. And I think I'm back to where I was when I was a kid where it's <laughs> like, no, this is, this is what you have, and it's perfect. Yep. <laughs> and Nightmare on Elm Street is perfect. And it is just, I don't know, man, it doesn't get any better than this for me. It is the perfect combination of goofy and horrific and creativity. It's the other part of it is that it's so creative. Yeah. That's, is they try so hard. That's what always struck me when I was young, too, watching this, like, Comparing it to the other yeah. ones, you know what I mean? This one's got, I, I kill people. I kill people. This has tongue, phone, bathtub, claw arm. There's <laughs> not, there isn't a single <laughs> moment in a single Friday the 13th movie. Yeah, that, that comes like, anywhere near this like, kind of bizarre. That one thing. Like, compare tongue phone 
I'm your boyfriend now yep. moment to anything in any Friday the 13th. Exactly. That's what or I mean. Halloween movie. Yep, that's exactly. There's the same. nothing that weird. There's nothing that out there and or so creative. It's like, that's, what, that's what struck me as so different. And it just keeps yep. throwing them at you. Oh, yeah. It never stops. Constantly. <laughs> and, and it set the scene great for the sequels. I can't believe like yeah. that they didn't even think about sequels when they first started making this, except for when... Bob Shea was like, we need that tacked on ending to give it right. sequel quality, which is hilarious to me because it's like, oh, what? If you didn't have that shocker ending, you couldn't bring him back? Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's so. I can't even wrap my brain in that mindset. <laughs> it's, it is so funny, especially when it comes to, like, because you've already had Friday the 13th. Yep. It's like, it's right there. Yeah. They're like, well, he's dead. Well, it's somebody else. Well, no, it's not. Who cares? His name's spelled different on every tombstone. Who fucking cares? <laughs> Nothing matters. Yep. Just bring him back. Just <laughs> do it. We don't care. Nobody's going to believe Freddy actually comes back without a Freddy car. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have the Freddy car. But that's the thing. Is like, are they worried that people are going to laugh at them? People laugh at all this shit. That's part of the joy of yep. watching a horror movie is that there's something to laugh at. There's something to be scared at. You're laughing at death. You're accepting death. It's yep. like, it's part of the catharsis of the fucking horror experience. <laughs> God damn it. And this movie is the epitome of that. And that's what I will say. Uh, I'm going to be the first person to say that Nightmare on Elm Street is a good movie. <laughs> it's, a, want, it's a very unpopular opinion but yeah I, you're pretty bold and brave to uh, i i to also it. think that it was an important and influential movie and yes. i think i'm the only person who has ever who, ever said that ever yeah. said that most I, people just regard it as a little yeah fly flash by in the pan of, uh, that yeah, exactly. nobody nobody ever paid yep. attention to <laughs> i'm i'm kind of observant that way i uh i see trends <laughs> <laughs> but yeah again normally we wouldn't do a movie like this but i think we we went really far afield when we started doing Robocroc and like <laughs> a couple of these other ones that were like, wait a minute, let's let's pull it. Let's we'll pull, pull it back in. How about we swing the pendulum to yeah. the other side? But Nightmare on Elm Street is a perfect thing to do for this because probably half the great movies that we've done for this were massively influenced by Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep. Because it's goofiness and it's like, it basically let people off the fucking chain. Where when you saw what they were doing in Nightmare on Elm Street, you're, you're like, like, oh, that which is we why, can do that. <laughs> which is why 87, 88, 89 are such a wonderful time for movies. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many good horror movies in that time period. Um, it's just, they saw that you could just go crazy. Yeah. And that's great. Yep. And that especially if you're a really low budget movie, you can go crazy and that could be all you do is just you know, we wouldn't have movies like The Boneyard mm-hmm. without Nightmare on Elm Street. You yeah. know, like poor fucking uh, Screaming Mad George wouldn't have a career. You know, they wouldn't or allow Slumber him Party to Party Massacre such... 2 or uh, Hello, Mary Lou. Fuck. And oh, my God, do I. <laughs> all, ever... those, all those crazy oh supernatural. God, uh... So much. Yeah. Oh, Hello, Mary Lou. I love the supernatural Lou. horror movies. Yeah. Hello, Mary Lou is just so, so good. Mm. Ugh. Yeah, that that could have just been if they had just marketed that as a Nightmare on Elm Street yep. movie where it was like Lady Freddy or whatever. And, and Dude, what if Mary Lou and Freddy hooked up? That would have been a great team oh, movie. Man, it sure would have. Yeah. Oh. Not yeah. a versus, like a team. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like they get married. Like yeah, exactly. A, like a fucking They're a beautiful couple. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like a Bride of Chucky situation. Like a Jennifer exactly. Tilly. Yeah. Oh, if only mm. we can dream. 
Anyway, uh, that was a long one because I all I want to do is talk about Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street for the rest of my life. But I'm like uh, clock watching. Is like I gotta go back I to work. Gotta sometime. go back to work someday. I have a okay. very long dinner break. <laughs> Whoa, that is a long ass <laughs> dinner break. Anyway, well, thank you for listening. Shop at Coast City Comics. Yes, go to and Coast City go Comics. to CoastCityComics.com. Come it's, into the store itself and say hi. It is cold as shit out there, so why don't you just instead of coming over here tomorrow it's going to be like 30 below oh yeah so order something online and we'll ship it to you yep. as soon as all the cars you, unfreeze you can warm up with a nice comic book exactly and if it gets really bad you can burn it for fuel <laughs> uh so there's that and uh you can uh write and review us please do rate and review us and we would send love that. and send us chocolate and also tell us if you liked this if you like the idea of us doing like big yeah. main like mainstream stuff because I would actually like to occasionally cover these. Yeah. I think maybe like uh, one, at, one out of every ten. Yeah. <laughs> one out of every five or ten, something yeah. like that. Do something that's kind of like a bigger one. Yep. You know, but there are certain ones like Halloween that I don't think I ever really want to cover. It kind of doesn't need it. No. Uh, anyway. This totally did. But this... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Was, fuck it. Let us, need... let us give a love. Let, let exactly. Tristan give a love letter to Nightmare <laughs> on Elm Street. Yeah, I was just uh, sorry. I'm venting how much I love this movie. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening. If you made it all the way through, and uh, we will see you next week for something probably not as good as Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> but that's that could be anything. Yeah. That could be Gone with the Wind or Citizen Kane. We're not so. doing Gone with the Wind. <laughs> <laughs> good night, everybody. Peace. Peace.